This is a marketing communication. Please refer to the Key Information Document, or KID, before making any final investment decisions. Investing involves risk. The value of an investment and the income from it may fall as well as rise, and investors might not get back the full amount invested. Past performance does not predict future returns. The mention of any particular security or strategy should not be considered as a recommendation. For further information on the Brunner Trust, please go to www.brunner.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the 11th and latest instalment of Connected Investor, the podcast from the Brunner Investment Trust. I'm Joe Lynham, the BBC presenter and News Talk Business editor. And in this podcast, we're going to take a look at whether the US economy, the driver for much of the world's growth, is as weak as many commentators say it is. We know about rising rates and rampant inflation, but perhaps we're selectively ignoring other bits of data and how these may affect you, the markets, and of course, the Brunner Fund. As ever, I'm joined by Matthew Tillett, the lead portfolio manager of the Brunner Investment Trust. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Joe. Good to see you again. And to see you as well. And it's nice to see you, of course, in person, which is always good. Uh, we're still getting used to it. Um, can we start with the perceived wisdom, Matthew, uh, that the US is in some sort of deep economic trouble and will only get worse as inflation stays high and interest rates soar to choke it off? Mm. Yeah, so I think I think the, the issue is more about what's coming rather than what's actually happening right now. Because um, if you look at the situation right now, uh, in some ways, it doesn't look that bad, actually. You know, I mean, employment is is at you know record highs, um, and the labour market is is actually you know really really tight. I mean, I think there's something like two uh, job openings for every every person that's looking for a job. Um, but the but the problem is you've you've got that you've got that going on, and then you've also got inflation pressures, which is partly a result of you know that kind of high level of of demand um, and, and and lack of supply, and then you've got obviously the well known supply chain issues that, that we're seeing in, in, in the broader economy, uh, you know, in, in inflation and energy costs, food costs, et cetera, which is, which is pushing up inflation. Um, and so you've got this situation where, on the one hand, the economy is o- overheating, and on the other hand, the Fed is, you know, is, is clearly trying to cool it by, by, by pushing interest rates up. And historically, that's been a combination that um, hasn't ended well. Because it, because it, you know, it, it, the only way to basically to basically solve that situation is to bring demand down uh, in, in in one form or another. Or at least that's certainly how it used to be. If you go back to sort of the sixties and seventies, um, obviously this is a slightly different situation because there are there are there are other factors that are affecting inflation that aren't just demand side to do with the, the pandemic and you know the supply chain issues and all, all those things so you know every situation is, is different um but i think that's the reason why people are, have suddenly become uh, or, or become increasingly concerned because you can see where you know where this is heading uh and and it's at least historically it's not it's not it's not all, it's usually been you know quite a, or certainly a weaker place or a, or a slowing economy and in, in some in some cases even a recession absolutely in the early 1980s paul volcker was then the head of the fed and he raised interest rates so rapidly that it possibly accentuated the problem all he wanted to do was kill off inflation but in actual fact he killed off the economy would you say the U.S. economy is currently in recession, whether that's a technical recession or just a shrinking economy? It, it doesn't seem like that at the moment, um, but it, you know, and, and certainly the the you know, the numbers that you're seeing kind of come out of 
know the corporate sector and 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 you know the industries that you would expect to see you know where you'd expect to see that uh you know you were not seeing that at the moment or at least we're not you know maybe just slightly around the edges we're starting to see it you know fewer of the consumer companies are starting to kind of you know see see slightly weaker trading but that's that's from a actually quite an elevated level um so i i would say it's not right now but it's very much a feeling about what's what's coming um and that obviously markets you know you know we'll get on to talk about you know what it means for markets when markets are you know that they, they look forward they 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 anticipate what's coming not not what's right now and that's why you know you've seen this weakness in in particularly in certain areas of the market you know the consumer discretionary the you know the cyclical industrials and and, and all those sorts of companies so when investors see all this stuff play out matthew what will be going through their minds and what what sort of actions should they think about uh, well, I mean, the traditional playbook uh, in 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 this sort of environment is, you know, obviously defensive companies. Uh, they they t- they they do tend to perform better in. Uh, when you say defensive, do you mean actual defense manufacturers or defense? Well, they defense manufacturers. Yeah, they certainly would be classified as defenses, but defenses is a more of a broader term to describe any any company that sells products that are. Um, uh, you know, n- not not that linked to the broader economic conditions. So, you know, think like a consumer staples companies, you know, selling, you know, toilet roll or, you know, kind of things that, you know, they're kind of repeat sales and every, everybody has to have them. Um, uh, utilities, uh, th- those sorts of, those sorts of companies, um, you know, they always trade better. Uh, their financials hold up better in a, in a, in a, certainly in a recession, recessionary scenario. Um, whereas, you know, the, 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 the more sort of classic consumer cyclicals is think your retailers um you know house builders uh and and also within financials as well you know the banks all those sorts of things tend to be tend to be much more linked to the economy and of course banks will be the big winners from interest rates well, going up yeah well that's the again as, as you know one of the things you have to remember is not the market tends to take a one size fits all to approach uh, when you know and we, we, we've certainly seen that at the moment in that it you know gets worried about a downturn and tends to kind of assume that you know all companies are going to be affected in the same way um and it's not always the case and there are there's lots of unusual things about this situation a lot of it related to the pandemic and the fact that we still haven't we still haven't really um you know we we, we haven't really resolved a lot of the a lot of the distortions and issues that came out of the pandemic and um, and and that's still to play out over the next year or two, and and, and certainly will have a big impact on on um, on many companies, including some of those cyclical companies that that would normally be affected by a downturn, but you know may actually perform better. You know, I'm thinking here companies in say the travel and leisure sector, um, or even companies that have have some you know big businesses in China where you know that's been they've been heavily impacted by the lockdowns there and and and, and all of the issues that. That, that's been going on over there and and you know if you if you're prepared to you know to be patient and wait wait for those those things to normalize then there's potentially quite a big recovery coming through in 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 in, in those areas um so i think i think you know well as always one has to look at it on a company by company basis and 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 you know keep an open mind and and you know recognize the fact that it, you know, we can look to history, but it's never going to. It's never. It's always never going to be exactly the same as it was in it was in the past. It's sticking with the U.S. economy, it, uh, there is a school of thought, Matthew, that um, inflation there, at least, is peaking as we speak, and it will start abating in the autumn. What do you think of that school of thought? Yeah, I think I think there is. Um, you know, I, I think that there's there's good reason to to think that actually, and I think if we if we if we 
look at what what we were expecting going into this year um we were expecting exactly that to happen because there were there, there, there you know that you know although, although the federal reserve you know got themselves into a you know a bit of a you know difficult situation by telling everybody that inflation was going to be transitory you know actually i think they you know they 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 did have a point in that there were there were and and there are some aspects of it that, that that surely are likely to be transitory to do particularly to do with the, the what we're seeing with supply chains um and the you know the basically the impact of covid that but that's just dragged on longer than longer than everybody thought uh and 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 it hasn't resolved itself this year um you know the the, the china's the china's zero covid policy has has you know really you know, effectively made it made it hard to resolve. Um, you know, certainly the issue, those issues with you know supply chains that are heavily linked to to China. So you're still seeing things like shipping rates are still still pretty high, even though they're starting to they're starting to come down a little bit. And then obviously the conflict, um, which obviously wasn't expected at the beginning of the year, and that's that's accentuated issues in the energy market um, and has created new issues uh, in food. Uh, and agricultural commodities, uh, which we're starting to see come through in 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 the inflation numbers, and you know what happens to the you know with the, the path of the conflict, and if there is a if there is at some point a resolution, uh, and I'm I'm not making a forecast on that, but if 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 there is, and obviously we all hope there will be, um, then you know some of those issues will not necessarily go away overnight, but they should start to get better. Um, you know, there's clearly big premium in oil and gas prices at the moment for 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 the you know the conflict um and also you know food and agricultural commodities which are absolutely critical um to you know certainly to poorer countries um you know if we can if we start to see those prices come down then then yeah absolutely you know you'd expect to see inflation rates not just in the US but around the world start to come down uh, the world's second most important central bank is of course the European Central Bank they appear to be behind the curve in terms of reacting to this inflationary spike um are they going to react too much uh, and is it too late i i th- honestly i think i think all the central banks are 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 a bit behind the curve on this um i, I mean inflation you know it took off first in the US uh UK and and you know Europe's followed um uh, you, you know i i think the central banks and the ecb included i mean they they're really re- reacting to the same thing that the bond market is reacting to which is you know high levels of inflation and they have to do something about it and i i, I actually think that um investors and and the markets tend to give them actually a bit more a bit more weight than is they probably they probably deserve um because in reality you know, with with the situation that we face, um, with with you know longer term interest rates moving up anyway on the back of what we're seeing, you know, it was inevitable they were going to have to respond to this, and that's true as as true for the ECB as it is for the Bank of England or or um or the Fed. The one good thing that is going up is the dividend at uh, the Brunner uh, Fund. Tell us a little bit about that and how the fund has behaved in recent weeks. Yeah, so we uh, there's a, a the uh, board put an announcement out um, uh, w- recently, which uh, you know is the dividend, the, the first dividend declaration for the year, um, where the uh, the interim dividends are. Uh, there's three interim dividends and a final dividend. The, the interim dividends are being um, going up by ten percent, and the, the board's indicated that the final dividend uh, will be kept flat, and that's uh, just under seven percent annual increase, um, which reflects the fact that you know we you know the you know, the, the, the portfolio is is continued to to hold up well. The, our companies are trading well. 
um, they're they're putting prices up, um, recovering inflation, and that's kind of flowing back through into into you know resilient earnings and ultimately dividends that come through to the portfolio. Uh, and as you know, a key part of the the trust, the key part of its proposition is to, um, as well as giving investors a good uh, you know capital return over the long term is also you know wants to you know, give give investors something back in the form of a a good income that grows uh, over the long term. Um, you know certainly in line with and ideally ahead of inflation. Obviously inflation is quite high at the moment, but I think the board referenced in in the in the release you know that they're, they're obviously very aware of the cost of living crisis and how that's affecting shareholders as well so um yeah that that's really the background to it you know we, we say the, the portfolio is trading well so we can we can easily afford the increase uh and we want to make sure that shareholders continue to continue to you know get get um you know you know, get the return that they expect from from the invest from the investment in brunner well, that's a nice way to wrap it up, actually. Thank you very much, Matthew Tillett, the lead portfolio manager for the Brunner Investment Trust. That's all the time we have now for this episode of Connected Investor. Thank you for joining me. Make sure you've subscribed to Connected Investor wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't have to go hunting for it all the time. Thank you for listening, and we value your views, and we're keen to know what you think. So if you want to get in touch, go to the website, www.brunner.co.uk. From me and Matthew, Ta-ta for now.